This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Monday. And I know there's a lot to deal with today. But I also think it's important to start the day with a good memory, with an important piece of history from this day in 1963. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Dr. King's speech from this day, 1963, the iconic dream speech in the shadow of Abraham Lincoln in Washington, D.C., The entire speech is worth watching. The entire speech is worth reading. The entire moment is worth reliving. I may share some more thoughts from Dr. King's dream speech, as well as some memories of 828 in 2010, which was a pivot point in my life. I was on the mall in Washington, D.C. on 828. And I met so many of you there, so many of you who were there for restoring honor. It was uh, a moment that forever changed me, a day, a weekend that forever changed me. So we'll have some memories today, but there is news to deal with, lots of news to deal with today. Houston And the Coastal Bend region, when when I was here on Saturday covering the storm as it was coming ashore after it skirted Corpus Christi and then bounced up and and pounded the little town of Victoria, Texas, where my friends the Klingles live. I haven't been able to get a hold of them. That's a little disturbing. And the uh, town of Rockport, which now does not have any functioning infrastructure. Can you imagine? Friday, you're just saying, hey, we're going to get ready for this flood, and you you wake up Saturday, and you're underwater and under, under siege by this storm, and then Sunday, you have to declare that your town has no infrastructure. And then Houston, a town where I lived for nine and a half wonderful years, with a whole bunch of great people in my life. And I see the uh, the Memorial Parkway, the Allen Parkway, that leads from Memo- Memorial Park in Houston to downtown Houston. I used to refer to my commute as a one-song commute, two songs on a on a slow day. That commute would now require a boat, a serious boat as that entire road is underwater. So God bless the people of Houston. God bless the people of the Coastal Bend region. God bless the people now of uh, East Texas and Louisiana who are starting to feel the wrath of Harvey. If you can help in any way, shape, or form, anyway, 
whether you're in the area of volunteering or you've got some shekels you want to share, mercuryone.org. Mercuryone.org is a, is a great place. I know a lot of people go right to the Red Cross, and the Red Cross is fine. I have friends who work at the Red Cross, and it's easy to donate to both. But I know Mercury One is a lean and mean organization, and it's boots on the ground right now. There's also another organization that's currently uh, on the ground staging and getting set up, uh, Operation Barbecue Relief. If you were with us in South Texas a couple summers ago, Operation Barbecue Relief was on the scene there. It's a nonprofit, and um, they will bring food, and they will make delicious food. And Operation Barbecue Relief is right now staging for deployment. So if you want to help out, if you want to try and, and donate to them, or if you want to volunteer, you can go to their website, OperationBarbecueRelief.org. OperationBarbecueRelief.org. They will help help you in any way you want to help them. They will help you either in in giving you an easy portal through which to donate, or they will um, they will set you up on some kind of volunteering schedule. But let's face it, there are thousands of people who are there working and helping. And they're going to need to eat. And there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, who are out of their homes. And they're going to need to eat. So Operation Barbecue Relief is on the scene. I can't, I can't say enough good stuff about them. If you want to find out more, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet it out. Just relax. We'll get there. If you are in the area or close to the area or have friends in the area and you want to try and get a message out, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. That's the phone number here at The Blaze. You can, you can get through to us. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I know I overdosed on the coverage this weekend, but as I said on the morning Blaze, This is not the time for us to be talking about statues and bathrooms. This is the time for us to focus on helping someone. If you can help somebody, what a feeling. What a wonderful feeling. And wouldn't you want the same help yourself? I'm looking at the towns and the the places I've been and visited in South Texas, south of Houston, all the way to Galveston, and to Victoria, and that whole, as I said, the Coastal Bend region. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by how much water is there. And it doesn't matter how much water, because they're all, everyone's taken up with how many trillion pounds of water. Now, all that matters is where you are, and whether or not you're able to get through it. In just a little bit, we're going to, we're going to check in with, um, a woman I knew when I lived in Texas, she's a third-generation Houstonian who's an author, a former rock and roll radio jock, a motivational speaker, and she's uh, she's also running for Congress as a Democrat. But, you know, this is not the time for politics. This is the time for people. This is the time for trying to trying to put a focus on on what we have 
that we can give and, and the needs of others and try and help them out. Yes, we're going to get to all the other weekend crazy news. And trust me, there's plenty of it. But we're, we're going to try and give you an update live from Houston. I also have a storm chaser who I think is going to get a little bit of a hero award as well. We're going to talk to that guy around the corner. And um, our good friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick, joins us because it's Monday and because we have to talk about uh, the politics with Dr. Wendy Patrick. So coming up on today's show, uh, the latest out of uh, south southeast Texas as as the rains have kind of let up a little bit, but that just means they're pushing further to Beaumont and Orange and to uh, a place where there's a lot of alligators, and this isn't good. And, of course, to uh, Louisiana. We have family in Louisiana we're worried about, so it's going to be a, a busy day. Again, if you want to join the conversation, you want to be part of what we're doing here, 888 3393 888-900-3393. Uh, we'll cover it all, and uh, we'd like to keep you involved. But just around the corner, I'd like to check in with my friend Dana Steele and find out the latest from uh, from her world. Because the last I heard, she's um, she's got a foot of water in her house, and she actually feels like she's one of the lucky ones. We'll get to that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. I am I'm thrilled to be able to actually connect with somebody in Houston, and I'm only going to steal a little bit of her time because she's actually spending a lot of time helping. Uh, Dana Steele was on with us Saturday morning. Uh, you should be following Dana on Twitter. If you're not, um, I'm telling you, especially if you want to keep up on what's going going on here. Uh, she's on Twitter at Dana Steele. That's D-A-Y-N-A-S-T-E-E-L-E. And uh, I've known Dana through my radio and video years in Houston. But Dana is uh, somebody I knew when she was a rocker, but she's also an author, a speaker, and a candidate for Congress in the uh, 36th Congressional District in Texas. But Dana's uh, someone dealing with this disaster the same way as many others uh, how is your your family and how is your your home today dana you know what we are good who knew having a foot of water in your house made you one of the lucky ones so um i guess i got up about two o'clock this morning just to kind of go survey everything and the water had dropped tremendously at, at a high point yesterday we had almost three feet in the house mm. um, now. And, and, and I have to say, it's a, it's a multi-level, it's a split-level house. So the main part is upstairs. We're really fortunate. The downstairs, uh, we had already brought everything up. You know, we've lost our air conditioning. We got a couple of walls we'll have to replace. After Ike, we moved all of the electrical, the wiring, and the, you know, plugs and everything up five feet. It looks weird, but 
you know, we haven't lost power because of that. Um, the most exhausting thing right now is, is, and thank you for your kind words. I've sort of, you know, I told my team today, the campaign is suspended for right now. The most important thing we can do is I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, a progressive, a Martian, I don't care what you are. Um, the government response has been good. The National Guard has been amazing. They're bringing in more National Guard. But Texans help each other. And this is unprecedented. We are all going to have to help each other. And I have a loud voice and a lot of followers. <laughs> and I'm going to take advantage of that. So, um, you know, we spent all night last night and, and yesterday trying to um, – repost addresses of where people needed help. We're still getting a little bit. In fact, I just had one come in a few seconds ago saying, still, they're on their roof. So uh, we're doing that. We're letting people know where boats are needed. We're letting people know where food is needed. Um, it's unprecedented, Mike. It's just, there's no other word for it. It's stunning. And well, it's, it's, it's the fourth largest city in the United States, and it's underwater. Try to fathom that. Well, that wrap your head around that. And then, as you explained early Saturday morning, that 40 plus percent of the jet fuel for the country's airliners uh, come through the port and uh, even more petroleum, raw petroleum is, is shipped through the Houston Ship Channel in the port of Houston. So that affects everything we buy pretty much. So this is going to have a massive impact economically. But uh, I'm more concerned with the human impact and that's why when, when I follow what Dana posts, I learn, and you don't even think about it. Dana just posted a little bit ago that, that one of the shelters in League City, which is just outside of Houston, just south, they're in desperate need of walkers and canes and undergarments and uh, just simple basic stuff. So if you can connect with any group that's helping, and, and we mentioned the Red Cross, we mentioned MercuryOne.org, which is on the scene already. Those are places I want everybody to go. What's next, though, Dana? You look like you got a break from the extra foot of rain. It looks like it's, and, and forgive me for saying this, only another four inches of rain. But is this yeah, going to help speed up recovery? Um, you know, we hope so. We hope so. But they're having to release some of the reservoirs, which means we have um, southwest of Houston. Um, we have some, we're going to have some more flooding. So they're doing mandatory ev evacuations down there. It's just thousands of people we've got to find places for. And then we have to start with the rebuilding and the cleanup. Um, people are going to be out of their homes or rebuilding their homes for months to come. Right now, the most important thing you can do is if, if you're out of our area is donate. Um, a lot of these organizations, whether it be Red Cross or Salvation Army or, SPCA, or if you if you go to my um, if you follow me on Twitter, like Mike said, I'm I'm posting. I've sort of I've just turned the campaign site into a clearinghouse right now of information. Texas Monthly has a great list. The Houston Chronicle has a great list uh, of all kinds of organizations that more than anything just need money because then they can take that money and buy the things they need. If you if you are in the Houston area or you have relatives here, we're just all reaching out. Um, I was over at my neighbor's for dinner last night. We're fortunate. We have we have food, we have water, we have air conditioning, we have power. And but her sister was had just been dropped off uh, at a H E B grocery store. They turned into a shelter 
And I said, you know what? I bought a pickup truck two weeks ago. Let's see how well it works. And we went over to the HEB. Uh, uh, I can't say enough great things about HEB. Oh, my gosh. They just turned their store into a shelter and opened it up to the National Guard. Um, so the National Guard was there staging out. We went over there, picked up the sister and two dogs and a really pissed off cat and, <laughs> you know, made it back to the water and made it back home. You do what you can do. Um, the, the Cajun Army has been activated, which is I just love our Louisiana neighbors. We've got people lined up on highways trying to, to get in from Louisiana, although now they're going to have to stop because it looks like Harvey is coming back as a tropical storm and may go up the Louisiana coast into the Carolinas. Hmm. Well, so this, it, it's there, a mouthful. There you go. It, it is, but it, you, you're so right about all the different groups that are helping. I, I read and I watched J.J. Watt on television last night. Uh, the, Of course, for those of you that don't know J.J. Watt, he's an incredibly talented football player. But he opened oh, but up what a, a humanitarian. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's always done great charity work. But they opened up a, a, a fund yesterday saying we want to raise 200K. And in less than two hours, they raised... I think they're close to a half a million, and it's just oh, yeah, phenomenal. It's just amazing. So, so if you uh, if you go to my website, it's danasteel dot com d a y n a s t e e l e. I just love this picture. It just epitomizes what's going on, and it's just it's just this National Guardsman lifting this little puppy up into the back of a you know open air truck where they're transporting people to a local church. You know, and it's raining. These people are getting wet, but everybody's just helping. It's all we can do, Mike. We just do whatever you can. Well, you're you're um, you're very kind to spend a little time with us. Uh, I worry about you, but I'm 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 amazed at the foresight you had to move the electrical outlets up to five feet. Brilliant move, and thank God you got power. But hang in there. I'm a third. And, I'm a third generation Houstonian. I like my air conditioning. So. <laughs> I you know, real quickly, Dana. I'm I'm almost yeah. up to a break. What what is happening downtown? I used to remember downtown Houston had the network of underground walkways. Those have all got to be underwater. You know, I don't know. Somebody asked about that. After Allison, they developed a pump system. So I'm hoping that's working. But I did hear that a, a building on Fannin Street just about an hour ago exploded. So I haven't been able to get much news. I'm sure it has something to do with a gas line. So we're watching that carefully because you know how connected all those buildings are. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I worked there for nine and a half years. Thank you, Dana Steele. And uh, if you want to see what Dana's up to, D-A-Y-N-A-S-T-E. E-L-E dot com. You can see it all. Take care, my friend. God bless. All right. Thank you. Bye. We'll be right back with a, a storm chaser who became a hero. It's really a fascinating story. Next. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The phone number is 888-900-3393. All topics are on the table on this Monday. Of course, we're dominating with Harvey. There's news to get to. We'll get to it. But I have to tell you, I, I, I openly admit to getting a little obsessed. Um, you get caught up in these stories. They're news stories. And I, I obsess about them because of the wonderful characters you meet through the reporting that happens during a, a tragedy, a disaster like this. One such character popped up on my, my social media feed uh, Saturday, I guess it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, it was Saturday. I saw this, this gentleman who is uh, a, a storm chaser. Well, I'll let his 45-second clip tell the initial part of the story, and then we'll talk to him. This is Aaron uh, Jajak on Twitter on Saturday. Hey, guys, I'm on my way back to Austin from Victoria, Texas, and I picked up a little passenger here. That little passenger is a dog in the back seat of his car. It continues. I stopped for gas, and this guy was following me down the road. And when I stopped, he jumped into the Jeep. I'm trying to get back to Austin by 2 p.m. so I can pick up my own dogs. Uh, they're being boarded, and I'd like to get them so I have them for the rest of the weekend and not leave them at the borders. So I really need help trying to find this guy's owner. We'll call him Harvey. But I need help trying to find his owner. So if you can share, tweet, whatever you got to do to help found him in Rung, Texas, R-U-N-G-E. Thanks. Aaron posted that video. It was retweeted 15,000 times, had more than 13,000 likes and almost 1,000 comments. And if you want to know what happened to the dog, well, we're going to have to get the story from the man himself. Aaron J. Jack joins us on the Blaze Radio Network. Aaron, thank you. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're dry. But uh, before before we get to uh, the resolution of this story, are you headed towards uh, Louisiana, towards the Beaumont area now? Are you still chasing the storm? So I'm not at the moment. I'm back in Austin. I'm trying to figure out what my uh, next plan is. I'm actually thinking about grabbing my boat and heading to Houston so I can uh, assist with uh, rescues. There's still a lot of people stranded. There's a lot of animals stranded. And I I know a lot of people are focusing on the people, so I think my focus would be on trying to rescue all the, the, the helpless animals there. Yeah, there are quite a few, they're saying. They are, they are overwhelmed in both categories of two, two-legged and four-legged uh, creatures are out there. So we, we told the story, we, well, we let you tell the story of this dog that was walking behind your car as you were leaving the gas station in, uh, I guess, Victoria or uh, Rungi, Texas, and you stopped yeah. and he jumped He jumped in your Jeep, uh, and then yeah, you posted it. How long after that? What happened next? So it was about, uh, I would say, two hours. So actually, I made it all the way back to Austin, and I went to my vet, and I grabbed my dogs, and they actually scanned him for a microchip, and he didn't have a chip, which was disappointing. And, you know, I was just, at that point, I was just clutching on the, the hope that the, the, the social media ploy to find his owner would actually work. 
And sure enough, I started getting messages uh, from a couple of different people, uh, both on Twitter and on Facebook, that recognized the dog and knew who the owner was. And they actually put me in contact with him. And uh, I got a hold of him, and I drove the, the two hours back to Runji from Austin, back into the hurricane, met up with the owner, and, and got him back to his family. Wow. So it uh, just a couple hours later, social media responds, but you're, you're a good guy, man. You jumped back in your car and drove your butt through the storm to return this dog to the owner. Uh, you, kudos to you. Much appreciation, I'm sure, from, from the owner. Uh, but you had renamed the dog temporarily Harvey. What was his real name? His real name was actually Cash. I don't know why, why Cash, maybe Johnny Cash. <laughs> That's what I'm going with, though, Johnny Cash. His name was Cash. Okay. Well, I'm sure Cash was happy to get back home. But uh, what, what good instinct to find, <laughs> to find your Jeep and say, help me. How did, how did Cash get away from his owner? He said that the owner said that he was actually on call for work. I'm not sure what the owner did, but uh, I assume that it was something to do with maybe utilities or something like that. And the dog had gotten scared and jumped out of his kennel. Well, that's easy to understand with the way that storm was. So yeah, I mean, he was when I found him, he was he was wet, shivering, cold, tail tucked between his legs, and I, he just like I said, I actually I stopped and. I, he was following me as I pulled up to the gas station. I was kind of I was going pretty slow just because of the bad conditions. And when I stopped to actually get out, I was surprised to find a gas station actually open at that time. Uh, but it was the only one. It was you know I was running low on gas. I had extra gas strapped to the back of my Jeep, but uh, I didn't want to use that. That was my escape uh, gas in case I needed to get out of there. And uh, but I was surprised to find the gas station with gas. And I stopped the pump, and as soon as I got out of the Jeep, he jumped right into my seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a what a great story! It was uh, it unfolded on Twitter is where I saw it. It's also on Facebook. You can follow Aaron at Aaron J Jack A A R O N J A Y J A C K on Twitter. But you're you're also a storm chaser. Is this a, a full time occupation or is this a hobby that's become uh, a big deal for you? Well, it's, it's started as a hobby and it's just a passion and it's kind of been evolving on its own into, into more. You know, I still have a, a regular day job, but, uh, you know, I mean, everybody should want to potentially, if they can, enjoy their passion as much as they can. So that's, that's my ultimate goal in life is to be a, you know, the, the ground truth for, for, for the people and the animals with storms and then be a, a, a first responder when uh, after the storm passes through. Well, you're, you're a... You're a guy who's chasing his dream while chasing storms. Have you ever found yourself in a, a situation where you, you were worried about the storm and worried about your own safety? I mean, I always try to keep a little bit of worry in the back of my mind. I don't want to ever get too comfortable around any storm just because once you get comfortable, I think you'll, you might start making bad decisions. So I'm always, you know, it's a, it's a fine balance between being aggressive and being defensive, right? So I go into every situation with, Number one priority is my own safety, and number two priority is, is the safety of others. And then number three is actually you know, being able to enjoy Mother Nature and the storm itself and documenting the story for, for generations to come. Now, Aaron, and, this audience and, you know, has a lot of people who consider themselves to be, I guess, uh, stage one preppers. That we're, you know, like I've got a bag in the back of my car that'll, that'll keep us, uh, two of us and a dog alive for five days. What kind of supply do you carry, and how long could you go 
if you were caught without that emergency escape gas or any way out? Yeah, so for the hurricane itself, so it, usually I chase like supercells and tornadoes, and those are usually, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty over with pretty quick, and it affects a small area. But hurricanes are a lot different, right? It affects a big area. Uh, you essentially, you get the damage of a supercell or tornado over a, a vast area. And so for this chase, you know, I, I actually had several weeks worth of water and food in the back of the Jeep. I had camping stoves. I had uh, 10 gallons of gas that was strapped to the back of the Jeep. Uh, multiple ways to be able to recharge my cell phone if that was to act to die. Uh, you know, extra clothes. I brought extra dry clothes because I did get so pretty soaking wet and had to change into those. Uh, as I actually, I spent the night in Victoria, Texas, rode through the storm in the, in my Jeep hiding behind a parking garage, and it looked like a a war zone. It actually reminded me of when I was watching uh, my TV in 1990 as the uh, the war, the first Gulf War started, with all the green tracers and flashes going on in the sky. Well, that's what Victoria, Texas looked like uh, Friday night as the hurricane came through. I mean, it was all night until about 4 a.m. and the power finally went out. There were flashes all through the through the, the city. So it was it was pretty intense. But you know, I felt like I was pretty well prepared, and you know, ultimately I, I made it out there out of there safely and was able to help out. When you say flashes, are you talking about transformers blowing? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. The power surges, the power flashes from uh, transformers blowing all through all through the city. Crazy stuff. Crazy story. Wow. Yeah, it was, it well, was incredible. His name is Aaron J. Jack. You can find him on Twitter. He's got a YouTube channel by the same name if you want to see what he's up to. Uh, but he's headed uh, from Austin, probably back to Houston to do some good works with his boat. We salute you, Aaron, and we thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. Really appreciate yeah, it. No, no problem. And, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Stay safe. All right. You too. Talk to you later. There he goes back, back to get his boat, hook it up to his Jeep, and go down and see if he can't join the uh, Cajun Navy that is uh, that is patrolling the now flooded streets of Houston and the surrounding area. What a wild story, huh? What a wild story. He's an IT professional by day, but he's a storm chaser at night, and I guess on the weekends when he's got time off. Uh, check him out. Fascinating story. And, and there's more news and more interesting stories to come on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a Monday. It's uh, a Monday full of history and a Monday full of news that's going on as we continue keeping an eye out on Houston and now the uh, western edge of Louisiana, the eastern part of Texas, as Beaumont and Port Arthur and that whole area and Orange. Get ready to get hit. Just uh, just a very, very difficult situation. It's not improving quickly. And I remind you, if you want to help, uh, we mentioned MercuryOne.org is an easy place to do it. It's local. There are boots on the ground. Mercury One will get help there directly and quickly. The Red Cross is also out there. The Salvation Army is out there. And our friends at... Um, 
at uh, Operation Barbecue Relief. OperationBarbecueRelief.org are doing great things. And you know who else is doing great things? And I know this because I have, uh, I got the testimonial mailbag here. I was checking out the, the mail that we get for Relief Factor. I use Relief Factor. I use it every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's my, my supplement of choice. It's all natural botanicals and wild harvested fish oil in the packet. comes already measured, so all you have to do is take the packet with you. Four little capsules, fish oil, botanicals, and what does it do? It reduces the inflammation in my joints, so the pain goes away once the inflammation's gone. But we get, we get email and, and letters from people like Michael in Arizona who said, I have never experienced a product that has made such a huge difference in the way I feel. Daily headaches due to stiffness from hard work and old age have completely disappeared. I feel 20 years younger. Good for you, Michael. Don Michelle from California wrote in, I had horrible pain and swelling in my hand and could find nothing that gave relief. I couldn't sleep, cook, take care of the house, nothing. I was a hairstylist for 25 years and had pain in my hands, feet, and back. Relief Factor took all of my aches and pains away in a month. The longer I take Relief Factor, the better I feel. I can't be without it. Well, you know, Relief Factor has done good things for me and for so many of these people. You can go to relieffactor.com and find out for yourself. Or you can just pick up the phone and order the three-week quick start pack. You can pick up the phone and call them. They're at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. The three-week quick start pack costs under 20 bucks. Check it out, relieffactor.com. We got a lot to get into today. I want to talk about what, uh, what Rex Tillerson said. I would love to talk about, you were going to do that with Dr. Wendy. So the top of not the next hour, but the third hour of the show. We'll, we'll discuss that with Dr. Wendy. We also need to talk about um, 828 in 2010. For those of you that, that weren't there, the first, the first big event that Glenn held nationally was uh, August 28th of 2010 on the mall in Washington, D.C. And there were a lot of people who couldn't make up their mind about how many people were there. Well, I was there. And if there were 10 people there, there were a half a million people there. So CBS News, you can try and diminish it all you want. Anybody else, but that day when uh, many of us gathered without signs, without tri-corner hats, without tea party mantras, we just showed up as people who wanted honor restored to this country. It was an amazing day. And it was a pivot point in my, my life. It was a, a day that changed the direction. I went from being part of the wacky morning zoo type radios to uh, shortly thereafter working for a brand new startup organization called TheBlaze.com. That's right. The Blaze began, I think it was 24 hours after 828. We were pretty much silent. We didn't go out with a big announcement until, until September, early September. 
but the blaze was out there. You can go all the way back and see the articles from Scott Baker and John Seidel and a couple others. Started with a group of four and then eventually grew to the uh, size it is right now with the Blaze Radio Network, etc. We'll get into all that. If you were there and you want to call and remember, go ahead, pick up the phone. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Second hour is getting teed up now. Come on back. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the Monday after. Harvey slammed Texas. Hurricane Harvey. And now the rains will continue. And we'll keep up on it. Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the second hour of today's show. If you missed the first hour, you, you need to go back and grab it from SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. We gave you a little bit of a an up-close-and-personal look at what's going on in Houston. Dana Steele, an old friend of mine from my radio days and video network days in Houston, was on the phone. She lives south of Houston, but is flooded. Her house had over a foot of water in it a couple years ago after the, uh, the last flood. They rewired their house to put all the first floor outlets five feet above ground. All the electricity was moved up. So she still has power. Good for her. But she's doing a lot of work in the community and trying to help out and help people out. And uh, it's, it's a harrowing story. But the story's coming out of Houston. I'm trying to focus on the good news and show you the goodness of the people. Another 12,000 National Guard members are deployed into the flood zone. There is an army of civilian citizen volunteers bringing their their flat-bottom boats into the region and trying to help get people out out of subdivisions and out of streets that are flooded and nobody can get in or out. Just an amazing exhibition of of the spirit of not just Texans, but of just the human spirit. These are people just stepping up. Just wonderful to see. I watched, I've been bouncing back and forth from the Weather Channel and CNN and um, even a little MSNBC. And Ed Lavendera on CNN last night was in a boat with a guy who had volunteered to bring him there. And Lavendera and his cameramen were in this flat bottom boat and they were leaving a section of I think it was Dickinson Texas which is just south of Houston on Interstate 45 the highway that goes to Galveston and they were leaving this little flooded neighborhood when they heard they heard cries of help help a woman was uh, trapped in a house that was pretty much flooded up about four and a half feet of water, but she was there with her mother and father 
and they appeared to be in their 80s. Mom suffering from Alzheimer's. Lavendera and his cameraman and the, the guy who volunteered with the boat helped these people out of the house. It was one of the more touching moments, one of the more powerful moments, one of the great exhibitions of not, not just on-the-spot reporting, but a guy putting, basically putting the story aside and just helping out, and in doing so became the story. I have to salute Ed Lavendera. I beat up on CNN all the time, and they deserve it. But some of the stories are, are just unbelievable, and they're so inspiring. Look, we've got an estimated between thirty and 50,000 people who are going to be displaced. So, of course, we're going to see some of these great stories, and I'm happy that they're, they're getting the air. And then we also have the story of... Um, Aaron J. Jack, the storm chaser who rescued a dog. Well, a dog came up to him and kind of rescued himself. And it took just a couple of hours to get, uh, to get the identity of the dog revealed. Just a wonderful story. But if you, if you can, if you can help, mercuryone.org, if you can help the Red Cross, if you can help the Salvation Army, and if you if you just need to volunteer, there are plenty of places that need help with volunteering. The one place I would suggest if you're in the area, uh, OperationBarbecueRelief.org, OperationBarbecueRelief.org, and it's BBQRelief.org. I will tweet out a link to it. I'll tell you what, if you're going to volunteer, you might as well volunteer with somebody who's making delicious barbecue because <laughs> you know you're going to get fed. But these guys do incredible work. We've seen their work before. OperationBarbecueRelief.org, BBQRelief.org. There was some sad news over the weekend, and I know this is kind of weird, but it's Texas-related, and I have to mention it. Toby Hooper passed away. Now I know what you're thinking. Toby Hooper? Toby Hooper died at 74 years old. The... uh, Los Angeles County coroners are stating that Toby Hooper passed away from natural causes. But 74 seems entirely too young these days when we have people comfortably crashing past the 90 and then 100 year mark. Why do you know Toby Hooper? Well, if you've ever seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can you can thank Toby Hooper. He's the guy behind the 1974 horror classic with Leatherface. And the guy behind the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. He also directed Poltergeist. But just think about it. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974 made for less than $300,000. And it is a... I'm not going to kid you. It is a very bloody film. But the Chainsaw Massacre uh, started many careers in the horror film genre. I have a friend who was uh, in Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was from 1986. He took a more comedic tone in that one. If you haven't seen it, you should. My friend played Stretch, the DJ. 
wait a minute. You guys are all saying, hold on a second. Mike knows Stretch? Yes. Stretch is a friend, still a friend to this day. But uh, Toby Hooper, gone too soon. He is survived by his two sons. He is uh, one of the masters of the horror film genre. And uh, no more. He's gone on to the next world, hopefully to the good place. (laughs) I know he created a lot of screaming and hollering. (laughs) Let's hope the entertainment value was strong enough to get him in the in the good place. Toby Hooper gone. Coming up today, uh, we are going to discuss Rex Tillerson's comment. Uh, There's also an an update we have to get into on the, the Moscow and Cuba story. A couple weeks ago on on this radio show, we talked about the fact that a few of our American embassy employees came down sick while working in Havana, Cuba. We talked about the fact that the American government tossed a bunch of Cuban diplomats out of the country and said, you got to go because of what you're doing to... uh, our people back in Havana. Now, here's the story. At the time, we only thought there were four Americans who had suffered some kind of sonic weapon attack while working in the uh, American embassy in Havana. Now, it turns out that initially, we, we thought that they had lost their hearing due to whatever this sonic weapon attack was. And now it turns out that 16 Americans stationed at at the embassy in Havana, 16 Americans, American citizens, have suffered either hearing loss, some of it permanent, or brain damage. At least one Canadian diplomat has been uh, injured in this. And, And why aren't we hearing about this? Why aren't we hearing about this situation? I I don't understand why. This is an attack on America, an attack on Americans. Why are we still dealing with Cuba as if they are friends? The belief is that there is a connection to Russia in this too. The belief is that the, uh, the weaponry, the sonic weapon that was used as part of some kind of covert surveillance program, came from Russia and what's left of the KGB. It's probably a a KGB-created device. I wonder, why, why aren't we hearing about this? 16 Americans, 16 Americans, some were hospitalized, some, again, permanent hearing loss, some temporary hearing loss, Some with brain damage from a sonic weapon. These apparently are believed to have been surveillance tools that uh, had unexpected side effects. In other words, they were placed inside of the American embassy and placed in there to, to monitor the Americans and what we were up to. But they were emitting something that caused severe Severe physical trauma. And see, we really don't know what the hell's going on. We buddied up to Cuba without really knowing what the hell's going on in Cuba. 
why are we still dealing with Cuba? I thought that relationship was going to change. Cuba's now all offended, right? They're all told, why? We, we didn't do anything. Then why are 16 Americans and one Canadian having health problems because of a sonic weapon? And why is nobody talking about this? This is a gigantic story. This story, this story would be front page news if we weren't busy chasing statues to be removed or figuring out which bathroom we were supposed to be using. I'm going to follow this story just to make sure that we don't let it go away. But that that story is is kind of not kind of it's it's highly disturbing. That story in the Debbie Wasserman Schultz and her IT guy. And no one's talking about that story either. So we're not going to let the, the real news get pushed off the side. We'll keep an eye on that stuff. But I just want to let you know that story that we talked about, I think it was three weeks ago on this very show. Three weeks ago, we talked about the fact that Cuba, probably with help from Russia, had attacked us in our embassy, and there were four Americans hospitalized. Well, now that number's up to 16. Where's the story, CNN? Where's the story, Fox? Where's the story, MSNBC? I'm, I'm just asking the questions. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka will be back after this. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. With Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'll tell you, you know, with all of the focus, with all of the focus that was placed on Hurricane Harvey hitting Texas, and it's it's all perfectly understandable. All of the attention that was pushed to the forefront. All of the coverage that we have, all the people that rush down, all of the, the various groups who uh, hurried to get to Texas and cover the storm. There was almost nobody left to, uh, to cover Saturday's, Saturday's big march in New York City. Wait, what? Big march in New York City? Probably uh, one of those free speech versus Antifa rallies, right? No, 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 that wasn't it. It had, Saturday's March had its roots, or at least it tried to have its roots in history. It tried to make a connection to history, because Saturday, if you listen to the show Saturday morning, you know we look back in history. Almost every day on the show, we try to take a dive back to see what happened on this day back in the day. And it was on this day, back in the day, that the, uh, the amendment that gave women the right to vote became the law of the land. So it was kind of like equal rights day in, in the minds of many, many women around the country. 
And uh, Saturday in New York City, in order to celebrate the equal rights and the, the very important historical moment, roughly 200 people of all ages split pretty much 100 men and 100 women gathered to take part in a high-spirited parade through Times Square towards Bryant Park in Midtown Manhattan. They were topless, all of them, celebrating the March for Equality. And as reports in the Houston Post covered it, big breasts, small breasts, and every size in between were bared for the cause of equality. I'm always amazed at this. Look, you can walk, you could walk five blocks from Bryant Park to Times Square where the, where the costumed animals are wandering around holding people hostage for tips and see topless women. This is not really a big deal in Manhattan. But what, what is this? They even had uh, marches in 20 other U.S. cities, allegedly. New Hampshire to Denver to Seattle all mark the day with participants tweeting and using the hashtag free the nipple. Really? This is this is what you're doing with your Saturday? This is the most important if you want to get you want to be able to get skin cancer on your tender vegetation, God bless you. But there were Signs that were carried saying, my bod is not a crime and equality for everyone. I'm just going to let that go. Was Jeffy in New York on Saturday? I'm just wondering. Uh, Also uh, missed over the weekend in the important news section. And yes, there's real news coming up as well. The NRA uh, hosted a, a fashion show. Actually, they called it a fashion packing show. The NRA actually traveled to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to showcase gun-toting accessories. They hired a bunch of guys with big guts and tattooed biker chicks to walk in the first concealed carry fashion show. The models that were walking up and down the runway had uh, gun accessory products from a bunch of different companies. They had uh, shoulder bags designed for a quick draw. They um, said they were pulling out all the stops to promote weapons. Now, if you've ever been to an NRA show, an NRA annual meeting, I was going to say show, you've seen that there are dozens of now options for holstering both on your person or in your purse, your concealed carry firearm. I'm just happy to see that this was uh, a fashion show. I wish this had been televised. This would have been great for the blaze to televise. (laughs) The NRA concealed carry fashion show. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been a good weekend assignment. Uh, we'll reach out. I'm an NRA member, and I hope you are, too, if you're a Second Amendment supporter. I think uh, maybe next year we should look into looking into the NRA fashion show and covering it live on the Blaze, or at least sending a crew, and let's put together something. 
I'll have uh, the latest on the storm because there is a little bit of an update as the rain is once again falling in Houston. The bayous are still not going down, but hopefully the major, major push of rain is gone and headed east. I'm not trying to target New Orleans, but it's going that way. Uh, Plus a couple of other updates. And uh, we're half an hour away from Dr. Wendy talking about Rex Tillerson and what he said. Was it right? We'll find out. More to come after the break. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back. Uh, you know, we, we need to we need to do a little more a little more looking back in history. This was another slice of Dr. King's speech from 828-1963. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia. Sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be, be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. Dr. King and the iconic dream speech, which uh, there's more and I'll, I'll grab another snippet of it a little bit later in the show. There's so much, so much that can make us all feel just anxious. And then there are moments that make us feel good. And there are moments that make us feel like all right, we'll get through this. I, I Earlier today, I talked about the people that are doing great things, trying to help out, about the Cajun Navy and all the folks who are showing up with their flat-bottom boats without pay. They're just doing it to help out. They're there to help out a neighbor, a neighbor that they haven't ever met, a neighbor who lives several hundred miles away. They're just doing it because they can. That's the America that, that I dream about. That's the America that I, I want to see succeed. We talked about Operation Barbecue Relief.org, Operation BBQ Relief.org. You can help them or you can help them with some shekels. You can go to MercuryOne.org. You can go to the Red Cross. You can go to the Salvation Army. We know Mercury One. We know the, the work and the tiny, tiny operating costs of Mercury.1 being paid for by Mr. Beck, but your donations go to help. So I encourage you to get involved in whatever way you can. Maybe it's just 
helping out locally so that the Salvation Army locally doesn't have to look for extra funds while the national groups get their job done. This is a giant years-long recovery that, that Houston's going to need. Years long. There's no other way around it. We talked earlier about Ed Lavendera at CNN and what he did. Well, earlier, CNN also had another moment that I have to share it with you. It's a, it's a moment that just, it tugs at your heart. It was the story of a guy who had walked 12 miles in the storm at night. 12, think about walking 12 miles in the daytime on a normal day. Not, not just 12 miles in the dark of night in the middle of a raging tropical storm trying to see your, your dad. He hadn't heard from his dad. This is an adult. This is a guy who in his, he looks like he's probably in his mid-20s, looked like he was shell-shocked after coming back to where his parents lived in a part of the Coastal Bend region of Texas that had been devastated. He didn't have a cell phone on him. There wasn't much cell service in the area. And a CNN producer lent him a satellite phone so he could call his dad's cell phone because his dad was not at their home. He had walked 12 miles to get to where his father was. But his dad wasn't there. He couldn't call him because the cell service is out. The CNN producer lent him the satellite phone, and this conversation happened. Okay, Dad, I'm going to jump on the bus. I'll be there. Are you okay? Yeah, I'll jump jump on one. Yeah, I'm in Rockport. Okay, Dad, I love you. <laughs> that that piece of video, that story of that young man in his twenties talking to his dad for the first time since the storm hit. He didn't know if his dad had survived the storm, and he walked twelve miles in the dark to try and get to his dad's house in Rockport. Rockport, a city that now has no infrastructure, zero infrastructure. The devastation is complete. The devastation is total. Those are the moments I'm talking about. Those are the moments that show the best of us in the face of the worst of us standing up and stomping their feet over a statue. And we know it's not America. We know it's not a majority. We know, we know, but we also know that the, the politically correct police have a tendency to allow the 7 to 10% of those who are the offendanistas, I'm going to call them. That's my new name for them, the uh, offendanistas, the people who are offended by everything, despite the fact that it has zero effect on their lives. The offendanistas are trying to change this country. And we need to stand up for for people like this guy who would walk 12 miles in a storm just to try and make sure his dad was okay. 
for the woman who stayed all night in waist-deep water with her senior parents, one of whom is suffering from Alzheimer's, trying to call out to get a boat to save them, and it finally did. To the people who crawled into their attics with pickaxes and, and saws to try and get through the roof of their building to finally be rescued, more than 2,000 people have rescued. To the 50,000 who are probably going to be spending the next several weeks, possibly months, in shelter somewhere in Texas, whether it's Dallas, whether it's San Antonio, whether it's Houston. That's what we need to be studying. That's what we need to be paying attention to. That's what we need to be endorsing and trying to help. Not the people that want to argue about bathrooms. Not the people that want to tear down statues. Not the tiny percentage. And I go back to what I said two Saturdays ago. We need somebody to stand up and say no. We need somebody in either in politics or somebody in one of the parents of these people to stand up and say, no, you're not doing that, you offendinista. Go, go back to your basement and be as offended as you want to be in your own little basement, but not here. All right, lecture over. But good, good on you, CNN. One of, the, one of the other, it's the second great moment I've seen out of real reporting where people actually focused on the humans. The early days of this, when some of these, the early hours of this storm, when some of the reporters were actually trying to put a climate change agenda into this, or in the case of MSNBC and uh, Governor uh, Greg Abbott tried to make this an immigration story. I should pull that clip up, by the way. I'm, I will do that after the break. We'll step aside a little bit early. Also, coming up today, I need to, I need to warn you, the program is going to extend a little longer today. Normally, Chris Salcedo takes over at at two o'clock. Chris is having a uh, Chris is having a little medical procedure done today. I can't get into the details too much. No, I think he tweaked his back and he just needs a needs an adjustment. But Chris is going to be out today. And uh, to tell you how hard working a guy he is, this morning Chris interviewed Vice President Mike Pence about what's going on in the federal response. The vice president of the United States is going to be joining uh, Chris, but I have to, I have to cue it up and give you a lead in. So I will be here for the first 30 minutes of the Chris Salcedo program today. And it's going to be featuring vice president, Mike Pence, kind of a pretty big deal, I think. So uh, just around the corner after the, uh, after the show ends, we will launch the Chris Salcedo show with Chris interviewing uh, Mike Pence. I, I can't tell you how, I, how hard he works and how impressed I am with him doing that. We'll get to that. And I got to find this uh, Greg Abbott clip, which I will. MSNBC trying to play, uh, trying to play the immigration card in the middle of a devastating historic flood. Jack Wagons. We'll get to that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I am uh, I'm doing a little bit of my superiority dance today. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, feeling pretty uh, pretty good. Why? Because my box from Filter Buy is here. I went to our new sponsor's website, filterbuy.com. These are the people who will provide you any filter you need for your air conditioning and heating units. You don't have to be a giant business to save money to get them delivered to your house or to your office. You just have to be smart. And you go to filterbuy.com, you will end up with cleaner air, a lower utility bill, Uh, You'll have the superiority complex like I do. It's the fastest way to order any size or any quantity at the best price. And it's, it's one of those things that you don't think about until the filter is so clogged that it's threatening to shut down your heating or air conditioning unit. But this is where filter buy is so genius. First of all, the filters, they're the best. They're made here in America, in Alabama. I could give you all those those stats on Merv and NPR and all that stuff. All you need to know is filter by filterby.com. It's great American-made filters for any heating or air conditioning system you have. So go to filterby.com, put in the size of yours, order how many you want, one or a truckload. They're going to ship it free the next day. I got mine. They're already here. And guess what? I already have a few months in supply, so I don't need to think about it. All I need to know is bingo. I've got them. They're ready to go. Filterbuy.com. F-I-L-T-E-R-B-U-Y.com. Filterbuy.com. What are you waiting for? No more magic numbers. No crawling around the hardware store. Filterbuy.com. Check them out. You'll say thank you. I know. I know. You'll be doing the superiority dance, too. All right, before we went away, we were talking about uh, Greg Abbott, the, uh, the governor from the state of uh, Texas who made an appearance on uh, MSNBC. And the host, the host tried to make the, the hurricane and the recovery of the hurricane all about immigration. And Greg Abbott, who is so good on the fly, wasn't having it on a pathway out of the storm how about risk of deportation for those undocumented immigrants that could be in the way of the storm's path are they in the clear to go to some of these evacuation centers do they have to show id it's my understanding from what i saw from the the, the border patrol instructions yesterday that will not be an issue uh what what everyone is focused on right now is ensuring that we do all we can to, uh, to protect life we all have a high regard for life we want to ensure the safety of all lives and we're prepared to take all measures to do so now uh, i i don't know if i would be as gracious as the governor i don't know if i would be that that uh, kind to that person Stephanie Rule trying to throw the guy under the bus as he's just trying to give his state a better chance at surviving a historic storm and you have to politicize it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very proud of, of the governor for delivering a smooth, uh, intelligent response 
saying that, uh, no, that's not what we're about. He said, what everyone is focused on right now is ensuring that we do all we can do to protect life. We all have a high regard for life. We want to ensure the safety of all lives, and we're prepared to take all measures to do so. Game, set, match, Governor Abbott. What a brilliant answer. Again, this is why I'm not in politics. I would have I would have started yelling, what are you, stuck on stupid? And then I'd have been voted out of office the very next day. There would be an immediate removal. All right, wrapping up the second hour. Coming up in the third hour, we're going to kick it off with a discussion of the politics and what uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said on the Sunday morning talk shows when he was asked about the president and what the president has said recently. I thought this was kind of fascinating. And I wonder, is it ever okay for the Secretary of State or for any cabinet member to contradict or to speak against what the president has to say? We'll jump into it. Just around the corner. Dr. Wendy will be joining us, too. Come on back after the news. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, third hour, Puro Pelka. Welcome back. How are you, friends? It is a Monday. It is 828, which is a big day for me for a couple of reasons. This is the seventh anniversary of Restoring Honor, the rally that was held. The first of the Restoring series, Restoring Honor, Restoring Love, uh, Restoring Courage, and... um, the only one I missed was the one that was in Israel, Restoring Love. Restoring Courage, Restoring Love was in Dallas at uh, the Cowboys Stadium when it was 4,000 degrees. <laughs> but Restoring Honor held on the mall in the shadow of Abraham Lincoln and that monument. And uh, a few hundred thousand of our closest friends gathered without signs, without pro... And we left the mall cleaner than we found it. More on that later. It's just a, it's a big day. It's also, a, it's also the 20th birthday of one young uh, tennis player, one young American hopeful. So happy birthday, Riley. I know you're not listening. I know you're practicing. But joining us on Monday, as she always does to kick off the third hour of the show, is our friend Dr. Wendy Patrick, WendyPatrickPhD.com is where you find out more about Wendy, trial lawyer, uh, expert in witness analyzation. She knows body language. She pays attention to those small details. And uh, her book, Red Flags, about those frenemies in your life, is a must-get. 
So uh, we, we love having Wendy on the show. Wendy, any connection to Houston or the Coastal Bend region of Texas in your life? No, they're just in my hearts and prayers, Mike. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's one of those things where not having gone through an experience like this, it's just mind-boggling watching the devastation on the news. i got to tell you, Mike, one of the things I found very heartening is the response from the community, from the nation in really pulling together. You know, you see residents, anyone that's got anything that floats is out there trying to help their neighbors rescue not only living beings, dogs, cats, pets, people, but also their belongings. It really is heartening to see them pulling together. It, it is, and it's, it renews my faith. As I've said, it's, I'm, I'm very happy to see we stopped talking about statues and bathrooms, for even if it's just a couple of days. <laughs> Even if it's a couple of days, Mike. But sadly, I think it's going to be longer than that because it it continues to rain. I know. I lived lived in Houston for nine and a half years. Oh, wow. uh, It is an amazing town with a resilient and, and just wonderful population, diversity, and and just love abounds in that town. There's a lot of craziness there, but there's more love and diversity and strength than you'll ever be able to understand unless you spent time there. And my heart breaks every time I see the downtown area because my office was in the heart of downtown. My office, the the roadway to my office is now a lake, a river. And, oh wow! And I used oh. to have a one-song commute, Wendy. And as a as a person who's in the West Coast area, <laughs> you know how short a commute is if you only have to play one song on the radio. That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, Mike. One of the people that's been on the news talking today is exactly in your shoes. He walks. He was able to walk to work and. You know, one of the other news stations there, they showed it live. You maybe saw it. They couldn't broadcast from the ground floor anymore because of flooding, so they went upstairs and continued their broadcast to just show everybody from the middle of the of the floodwaters what was really going on. It was just amazing. Well, K, I I know KHOU. I've been in that newsroom. That's it's yes, such a t- that was it. It's a it's a really small. You know, considering it's the fourth largest city in the country. Houston is a really tight community. It's a really, you get inside there and you spend a little time there. It's easy to be a big fish in a small pond, if you will. I guess that's the wrong analogy for today, but. Right, right. Maybe, well, or maybe it's pun intended today because everybody is safe there. They're just trying to get everybody out. That's right. Oh, we have a, we have a story on the blaze, Wendy. I, I have to share it with you and everybody else. There's a story on the blaze. It's just ridiculous, and it's hilarious at the same time. Um, there's a guy whose house had so much water in it, he was catching fish inside his house. And oh, my gosh. The video is on the blaze. It's okay that we laugh with it. The first couple of oh, times he, he misses trying to catch the fish, but he's using his hands, and he, he actually... He caught the fit. Um, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, forgive oh, me. Boy. Forgive me. But um, well, I, 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 just, I, wanna... I just pulled it up. Oh, my gosh. And he's got a big fish on the wall, too, in the photograph. I just pulled it up on the blaze. Oh, boy. It's That's wonderful that there's a, there's a big fish on the wall behind him. <laughs> that is, I know. It's perfect. Um, I, I want to play you something and get your opinion on it. This is, and it's a long clip, but I want, I want you to... Uh, 
weigh in on this exchange between uh, Chris Wallace and uh, and Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State. This happened yesterday, and they opened by playing the president's comments about the media from his rally on Tuesday. The only people giving a platform to these hate groups is the media itself and the fake news. Does that make it harder for you to push American values around the world when some foreign leaders question the president's values? Uh, Chris, we express America's values from the State Department. We represent the American people. We represent America's values, our commitment to freedom, our commitment to equal treatment of people the world over, and that message has never changed. And when the president gets into the kind of controversy he does and the U.N. committee responds the way it does, it seems to say they, they begin to doubt our, whether we're living those values. I don't believe anyone doubts the American people's values or the commitment of the American government or the government's agencies to advancing those values and defending those values. And, and the president's values? Now, the president speaks for himself, Chris. Now, there was a little bit of a pause after that answer, Wendy, when, <laughs> when the Secretary of State very clearly said the president speaks for himself. Mr. Wallace paused. <laughs> uh, have you seen anything like this in the past where a, a sitting secretary of state or a cabinet member split or basically wouldn't align himself with the president? You know, I think we've seen it a couple times within this administration. And, you know, for your listeners that haven't had a chance to view that clip, the visual is even better than the audio clip because, I mean, Rex Tillerson, you can appreciate this, Mike, as a radio talk show host. He's got a wonderful voice. It is, it is well modulated. It's easy to listen to. And his demeanor is, is a perfect match. But here's the tricky thing with that clip. He never changed his demeanor, causing a lot of people to miss what he said. But you think about it. If you're multitasking, you got this thing on in the background. There was no drama that would indicate to the listener that wasn't paying close attention what he had just said, except for Chris Matthews' response. <laughs> I don't think Chris Matthews expected he was going to get what he did. And then, of course, he, he added the follow-up question, um, which Rex also answered in a fashion that made the listener and viewer then perfectly aware that he knew exactly what he was saying. So, but remember, you know, he's joining a, I don't want to call it a chorus yet. There's not this many people that are publicly disagreeing with the president, but let's just say he's joining a few others that have done the same thing. And you got to wonder, Mike, is this something the president is aware of? In other words, is it some kind of a strategy that people are going to be transparent about having different views or is he just continually surprised when he turns on Fox News and sees yet another cabinet member saying, uh, or at least I should say, casting doubt on um, the fact that his, his views are not aligned with that of the president? Well, you, you bring up a real interesting point here, because for the early months of this presidency, and we're technically still in the early months as we're in the eighth month, we're not quite finished with it yet. Uh, in the early months of this presidency, there was talk of loyalty pledges that people wanted, uh, the president wanted people to give to him, to pledge their loyalty to him and not, not so much to the Constitution in the United States of America. So I wonder, what is a statement like that? How does that resonate in the halls of, of the West Wing these days? What, what is that going to be looked at? Because that doesn't feel like 
a loyalty pledge to me. Well, I, let me answer that two ways. Of course, as a lawyer, I'd love to argue both sides. On the one hand, <laughs> it's true that it doesn't sound like a loyalty pledge to me either. But is it a good thing that there is healthy dialogue and disagreement? Now, you, you, the president would no doubt prefer this one on behind closed doors, but it doesn't. And also remember what Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis said over the weekend. Remember, he said, we don't have our country has problems we don't have in the military. You just hold the line until our country gets back to understanding and respecting each other and showing it, unquote. Now, obviously, with respect to the fact that we've got now this transgender ban. So it's not just Rex Tillerson. It's other cabinet members as well. And I just wonder, and you and I have talked about this before, kind of looking a little more globally, is this part of a broader strategy to show that the president has surrounded himself with minds that think differently than he does and that that's a good thing moving forward, that he's able to talk about and air out some of the issues before he goes so horribly off message like he did at the Trump Tower presentation you're, you're talking about post-Charlottesville, um, is this necessarily a bad thing that they're disagreeing with them? In other words, maybe it's more important to have healthy dialogue than have a bunch of yes people that are going to abide to the teeth to a loyalty pledge. That's, that's so fascinating. I'm going to have to keep an eye on this one because I'm I'm not sure where to put my chips on this one, Wendy. I, <laughs> you usually I, I, already have an opinion right out of the gate on this. <laughs> well, you, you bring up such an interesting twist on this, you know, and you have to wonder, does the president know what he's doing before this goes out? Is there a discussion of among the cabinet members, which one will feel this way? Uh, and which one, who's going to stand with the president and who's not. And then you add in the rest of the palace intrigue, if you will, with uh, Gorka's Friday night dismissal or res resignation, depending on which, which press release you're believing. And compound that with the previous departure of Mr. Bannon. We now have, you know, from what I've heard, forces outside of the White House looking to remove what they consider to be unfriendly forces inside the White House. And does that put Tillerson and Mattis and some of the others in those crosshairs? And will the president be complicit? I, it's There's so much going on here. This, he would have ahead. to fire too many people because you remember Gary Cohn, his, the president's chief economic advisor, uh, and the director of the National Economic Council. Remember what he said last week. The administration, quote, can and must do better in condemning hate groups. So if the president went around and found all these people that have even technically broken a loyalty pledge and wanted to replace them, nobody would ever stay in the West Wing. And I know we, we joked a couple of weeks ago they were already dropping like flies, but not for the reasons you and I are discussing today. In other words, if Tillerson were to come forward and say, look, I'm just saying nobody speaks for the president, you can see how that'd be arguably consistent, and it all also allowed him to make a statement that was loyal to himself in that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't agree necessarily with the president, but he recognizes no one speaks for the president. So, you know, there's always, and maybe this is the legal side of me, there's always a way to reconcile, if you will, statements that at first glance look awfully disloyal on their face. Uh, maybe there's a little element of that at, at work here as well. And maybe it's just Tillerson's way of saying, and he can be a little gruff, Maybe you should ask him, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, because... I think you're right. I think that's, a, I, that's exactly what I mean. He is. It, maybe it was inartful, but his point appears to be, I'm not going to speak for the president. Why don't you ask him? <laughs> I think you're right. 
And I think ultimately that's the smartest move anybody can have unless your job is White House spokesperson. You know, if, if somebody, Amen. And maybe if it, maybe even if it is, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> although Sarah Huckabee Sanders has seemed to learn that job pretty quickly. If you ask me, God bless her. She's got a tough job, doesn't she? Oh, my yeah. would you would you ever take that gig, Wendy? I'd like to have that gig, but I've, everyone I know that's had it would say, um, be careful what you ask for, because it is probably within this administration, a particularly challenging assignment, as I think we've seen in Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That's why I say, you know what, my prayers and thoughts are with her. She's got arguably the hardest job in the White House. A challenging assignment. If that isn't diplomacy <laughs> on display, I don't know what is. Wendy that's Patrick. Sure. Dr. Wendy Patrick, I always appreciate our our Monday chats and wish they were more frequent. And maybe if the need be, you'll ring us up one day and say, I have to tell you what I just saw. You always have an open door here. Right back at you. You know where to find me. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks, Wendy. And there she goes. And, and here we go. When we get back. Oh, I got a couple of strange stories I have to get to. Yes, there's actual there's more of this news about the palace intrigue because I'm I'm fascinated by what's happening since Gorka left and since since this statement by by uh, Tillerson and the one that Wendy referenced by by Mattis that, golly, is there something else about to happen? Is there a realignment in a different area? Maybe not. Maybe not. But I also have uh, I have a weird story about China and why so many in their military are apparently failing their combat readiness. Apparently, they're just being too jerky. We'll get into that after the break on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Wow, wow, wow. Keeping an eye on all of the stuff. And I'm starting to wrap my head around just how big, just how big the situation in South Texas is. From uh, Beaumont all the way down to Corpus Christi and inland a great ways. The devastation and the flooding is going to require years and billions, tens of billions of dollars to repair the damage. I don't think we're going to know for quite some time because, yes, it's still raining. And I think there's a 100% chance of rain through Wednesday, despite the fact that the rains appear to have moved a little bit. The storm was initially going to sit on Houston for a couple more days. But it's, uh, as I said, it's, it's, the forecast is toned down from another 20 inches to, oh, just another four inches. And four inches in one day is a lot, especially when you've got bayous that are fulled and dams that are fill, have been filled up and they're actually going to have to release more. It's frightening. I mentioned that there was a story that the Chinese military is having problems. They're having an alarmingly high physical test failure. That uh, the people, 
the People's Liberation Army, saw more than half of the candidates to join the army fail their physicals. 56.9%. 8%, they say, failed because uh, they found abnormalities in their twig and berries. The men. Twig and berries have abnormalities from sitting too much, and the Chinese blame this on video games. That the youth playing the video games are having problems, and um, another 25% flunked because they couldn't pass the blood test and urine test, and they found that they needed to exercise more not play as many computer games, and limit self-pleasuring. Apparently, the jerks in the Chinese army are failing their physicals because there's too much time spent with themselves and with the video games. Anybody worried about China as as a military opponent now? Anybody got problems with China? video games and self-pleasuring 56.9 percent almost 57 percent failed the test unbelievable come on back we've got more real news after the break you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, we've been talking throughout the show about ways you can help the people in Houston. I recommend mercuryone.org. But if you are an Amazon Prime member, there's a way you can go in through Amazon Prime or Amazon Smile and you can designate Mercury One as a beneficiary of the Amazon Charitable Giving Program. So if you're, a, if you're an Amazon Prime member, make sure you understand about the section, the smile section, where you can designate a charity. And please consider designating Mercury One. That's what I do. I say this because we, after seven years of, of use of a television, our TV just finally went, no, no more. And it stopped working. So we ordered a TV through Amazon Prime and a, a big TV, a 65-inch stinking TV, a gigantic football-watching, baseball-hockey-watching TV. And it was great. And it worked for six weeks, and then suddenly the sound worked, but the TV didn't. So it was a very expensive, very large radio. And I called Amazon, and I said, hey, we got this TV from you guys six weeks ago, and uh, it's not working. And they went, yeah, you're going to have to call Sony. I said, what? Yeah, we take everything back in the first 30 days, but you're past that. We just passed it. Yeah, we would have swapped it out. And then all of a sudden, the guy on the phone said, hold on a second. You're an Amazon Prime member. 
Oh, let me see something. Put me on hold 30 seconds later. Yeah, we can swap it out for you. So thank you, Amazon. And I know they're not a sponsor, but guess what? They also have this Amazon Smile program that allows us to help charitable groups. So uh, if you want to do something via MercuryOne.org, you can do it with your Amazon purchases. You can do it straight up to MercuryOne.org. You can do it through the Red Cross. You can do it through uh, the Salvation Army or through the Operation Barbecue. Those guys are great. I, I mentioned that the HuffPo is not left-leaning. I don't know if you caught this was on CNN's Reliable Sources this weekend, but uh, Lydia Polgren of the Huffington Post was talking with Brian Stelter, and they had this curious exchange about HuffPo. Lydia, HuffPost has a, a left-leaning reputation, but you're about to go out on a bus tour uh, to listen to the whole of the country. <laughs> are you trying to change that? So... He asked her, you know, are you trying to change the perception of the Huffington Post because you have a left-leaning perception? Yes, you do. The Huffington Post is very left-leaning. But Lydia doesn't like that description. Um, change our left-leaning reputation? Yeah, trying to, trying to gain trust uh, by trying to appeal to the mass of the country. I would say that we have a progressive reputation, and I think that left and right are frankly not very useful descriptors we have a progressive reputation first of all that speech affectation we have a progressive reputation you're a lefty admit it accept it it's craziness absolute craziness do yourself a favor today when you, uh, when you wrap up the show, first of all, stick around for the first half hour of the Chris Salcedo Show. Chris interviewed the vice president this morning about the federal response to the uh, hurricane. And even though he's not here today, I'm going to ride herd on that interview and, and play it for you. And then uh, we'll get you into uh, the rest of the show. But it's... Um, it's a day that we should remember two big pieces of our history. Uh, number one, the, the dream speech given by Dr. King back in the 60s. And number two, restoring honor, the event that happened in the exact same spot in Washington, D.C., but on uh, August 28th of 2010. If you were there, I met you because we were all there together. I'm going to tweet out a link to a slideshow I made with a song that my brother wrote called I Hear America Calling. It's a little cheesy patriotic number, but it'll take you right back to that day, that warm summer day in Washington. But stick around. We're going to, we're going to have Salcedo's interview with the vice president just around the corner. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.